welcome, welcome to the fun house. Someone call a doctor because this episode of JJK was burning up. Or maybe it was ice cold. Ask Urame about that. It's me, the host, the Grass Hashira. Hi guys, what's up? Happy to be here again another week. Calling the doctor? Bokuwa doctor? Perhaps? That is my Johnny, personal Johnny preference. <laughs> Wrong show. Wrong show. We'll talk about that later. Um, super excited to get to talk about another incredible episode of JJK. And yeah, let's just jump into it. I legitimately thought you were making a Vanita's reference right there because he 100% says Boku, a doctor in the show. Is he a doctor? Yeah. I love doctor. <laughs> I don't know anything <laughs> about the show. <laughs> you could call him a love doctor. Anyway, what's up, everyone? Um, my my brain rot has been Vanita's lately, and I'm very excited to show... Uh, Brian and Emily, the show in a few weeks. Maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast. Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out on the next episode of the Hashira Half Hour. But nonetheless, getting back to our main show here, we pick this back episode back up with Panda and Kuzakabe. Kuzakabe? Yeah, that's the right pronunciation. I'm going with that. Talking about Yuji's execution. He makes a remark that when it comes down to it, he's in favor of Yuji's execution. What do you think? Are you against or for the execution of Itadori Yuji? I mean, obviously, I am against the execution of Itadori Yuji. Poor boy just needs a break. <laughs> uh, when he said this, I was like, I mean, it makes sense. I, I understand, like, with his abilities, uh, Kasukabe's and everything, I understand why he would say that. Like, I'm not really mad at him but i was briefly mad at him because yuji is going through shit right now man he does not need like this is the last thing he needs is people being like you know what now that i've seen what you can do now that i've seen what like happens yeah yeah you should die after he just went through the trauma that is the shibuya arc so i'm very much against it i completely agree i love yuji that is not a secret. I think he is like such a sweet sunshine boy. He's already been through it. However, just like Mina, I totally understand where Kusakabe is coming from though here because for one thing, like he's not one of the teachers with immediate proximity to Yuji to have any kind of like sentimental or like emotional connection because he's from the Kyoto school and he they just like didn't interact that much. The most interaction Yuji had was with the other students, definitely like with Toto especially. So like, you can't blame him for not really having an emotional connection. Additionally, he doesn't really, he doesn't have a curse technique either. He has just hands basically also, and he's super strong enough to be able to be one of the teachers of the Kyoto school, but he's like seeing that he's barely made it out. And he's clearly demonstrated like a strong sense of self-preservation. So he wants to make it out alive at any cost. He's proven that already. That makes sense. And Really, he's not talking about Yuji. He he is in favor of the execution of Sukuna, which I think most people in the jujitsu world would probably agree with. But it becomes more complicated when they befriend and get closer with Yuji because he couldn't be more different than the spirit that is inside of his body. So I understand. I disagree. But then the narrative shifts to Mei Mei and Wee Wee. 
we see that she is straight up yeeted out of Japan and now it's Malaysia. And she didn't take Nanami with her. Rude. What does this say about her as a character? And do you think it fits with her description thus far? Mei Mei is a skank ass, fugly, <laughs> brother loving, top least favorite character for me. <laughs> and I will leave that there. It should have been Nanami. It always should have been Nanami. It's cruel that it was Malaysia specifically that she escaped to. And the fact that she was, like, doing insider trading on the phone, like, immediately. Like, I I can't remember if they specifically said who she was on the phone with, but I feel like it was somebody like the president of the United States or something like that. And she's like, oh, by the way, like, you should pull all your yen out of savings. You should, like, sell all of your Japanese stock because this is going to be a... And I'm like... She's, like, chilling in, like, some luxury hotel. Like, everything's fine. And so not only is she doing all of that, and it wasn't Nanami, but she's doing that while everybody else is still fighting for their lives in Shibuya. So she sucks. I really, really, really don't like Mei Mei. Wee-wee's fine because he's a minor. I feel like I need to watch what I say here because this whole scene brought up quite a lot of disagreements on social media. But I agree, Emily. I hate Mei Mei. I've always gotten the feeling, and I know that she's always been written a little bit as, like, not really... She's always been, uh, like, in allegiance with money. Not, like, good guys or bad guys. So I've never fully trusted her. To see that she just yeeted to Malaysia is, one, really, really mean to us as viewers because we just lost someone who was dreaming of Malaysia in their final moments, who deserved to be there, who always fought for what was right and always tried to do what was right. And now this bitch. There it is. <laughs> has escaped and is doing insider training amongst other things that I'm just going to say, they did not need to put that in the story. I know some people are like, they, they added the moment in bed as a way to show that she's not a good person. It's not written as a way that's supposed to be like taken as, you know, we're supposed to support her, what, whatever. I just think they could have left that out. Honestly, the whole scene very made it very much made it clear that she was not a good person. And I think we got the general idea of that just from the insider training trading conversations and the fact that she just yeeted to Malaysia instead of stuck around to fight. We didn't need that first little bit that that didn't need to happen. I, I don't think that was part of the story that really needed to happen. And it makes me disappointed. But, you know, at the end of the day, something you have to kind of get used to watching anime it doesn't mean you have to be okay with it, though. So other than that, I hate her. I absolutely hate her. <laughs> Can I just say the only good thing that came out of them animating that scene, which they did not need to do, is all of the memes on the internet that make the internet just a little bit okay for a little while, where they just were like, <laughs> where it was, it was like Gojo's face, but like on, like Maymay's like big bazumba body. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and they were putting like all kind like it was like nobody was safe like woody from toy story was there oh, like <laughs> <laughs> there were so many and i'm like this is insane but this is like exactly what needed to happen to this so that maybe they'll be discouraged from doing it again oh my god 
I didn't see the memes, but of course I will be looking them up after the show because. <laughs> now we're coming back around to the main event where we see Mahito getting saved, quote unquote, by Ghetto. However, Mahito makes a daring move to try and kill Ghetto before he can be saved. We then see Ghetto's true intent quickly unfold. What did you all think of this absorption scene? And tell me why it, it was your everything. It wasn't my everything. Because, like, I wanted Mahito to stick around and kind of do some more shit. But, you know, that's just me. It wasn't my everything either, Brian. That was not the end for Mahito that I wanted. At, like, and even close. I wanted Yuji to freaking kill that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really heated. I just rewatched this entire show with Jordan over the past like week, so my brain is like and I'm also now reading the manga too. So like my brain's like very heated about some of these subjects at this point in my life. Um I I wanna like <laughs> listen into the way I was talking about Jujutsu Kaisen when we first started the hidden inventory arc and see what I'm at now and just see the level of passion change. Like literally Mina went from like Yuji all bright eyed to like the shot. <laughs> I went through my own Yuji character arc. <laughs> you did. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. It wasn't my everything because I didn't want it to happen that way because as soon as Ghetto absorbed him, I knew that he had some, kind of thing you know up his sleeve that was going to turn out being even worse than just having Mahito running around I think in this moment I very much could figure out that this pseudo ghetto which I've read ahead enough to now like officially know his name even though I kind of knew it ahead of time because of spoilers I think this moment truly painted him as as of now outside of Sukuna the true villain of the story that I think getting rid of him will solve a lot of issues because I'm fairly certain that Gojo's not going to get unsealed until this man dies. I mean, that's my prediction. I haven't gotten that far in the manga, so I don't know, but we, we need to get rid of this man more than we ever needed to get rid of Mahito. Cause he's always been the one that's been kind of telling Mahito what to do. He's also been around for like a thousand years while Mahito's what a year old. So yeah, not happy with this scene. It should have brought me a lot of happiness to see Mahito done. It did not. Yeah, I agree. I, I, We all know I'm not a Mahito stan, and he had it coming, but I wish that he'd had a bigger storm coming. Not that this looked particularly comfortable in any way, shape, or... Like, in some ways, I do think that this was, like, the death of Mahito, but as, like his current form if that makes sense because this pseudo ghetto is whatever it is curse another sorcerer it, it that that's like yet to be determined in the anime um clearly quite strong and probably on maybe not the same level as sakuna but like mina said like definitely one of the largest villains in the show that we're going to have to contend with and so quite strong strong enough to be able to hold their own against probably somebody like sakuna and certainly anybody that's here in shibuya at this moment except for maybe gojo who he doesn't have to face right now um the fact that we know also that ghetto's technique and his body that is now being used 
had the ability to borrow and like retain the abilities of other cursed spirits means that this is not like the last that we're going to see of Mahito or at least the abilities that Mahito had demonstrated. We may not see that exact character again, but but we might. Who knows? Because it seems like he sometimes does conjure full spirits. So that is not something that we're going to see by the end of the season. But now that we know that he's literally got that tool in his back pocket, it's going to get used. I have every confidence that that's true. So yeah, not the end I would have wanted, but also I don't think it's the end. So maybe there's still a chance. Hot takes, hot takes around the table here. Now, after some of that, a new group enters the fray. Now, tell me why Aoi Toto was right about his classmates not needing to show up to Shibuya and why they got folded the minute they showed up. Look, this was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but, but, nobody died. Nobody died, so... Did they get folded? Yes. Did they get folded as bad as, like, five other characters from our main cast and crew? Not yet. So we are there right at the present moment. <laughs> Granted, they missed, like, a lot of the show. So they didn't have to go up against Sukuna or, like, even just be caught in that crossfire. They didn't have to go up against Jogo or Hanami or anybody except for Pseudo Geto. And now they also have... Like, Yuji's already there. Toto was already there. So, hopefully they had a little bit more of an advantage. And less of a surprise also, because they kind of got informed of what was going on. Still not great. I did not under... Like, I love the Kiki's Delivery Service reference with, like, the witch character. She's super cute. But, like, what was the point of flashing the lantern up there? As if he's also not going to be like, I bet they're doing a signal. <laughs> Hmm, wonder what that is. And then the and then the other blood curse user sees Choso in a little bit. He's like they're doing like the Spider-Man. <laughs> like blood, blood user. <laughs> he hears the last name, he's like, "What? Nunny?" <laughs> so I don't know. Kind of embarrassing, and yet I'm still happy to see them and that they're alive. Also, that's good. I laughed. <laughs> it was painfully amusing to watch them show up and just... It was like, I don't even know, like, throwing a toothpick into the sea. <laughs> like, I don't, like, you're trying to fight the sea with a toothpick. I don't know. It was so just... Like, completely. I I have thoughts on the Kyoto squad. I won't go into it. I, I just don't really, like, after rewatching everything, I just don't think they've had enough time for me to, like, really care about these characters yet. So I was like, okay, other than Toto. Like, I care about Toto, but that's because he got so much screen time in season one. But... Going back to what Mekamaro told Miwa just in the last episode or two episodes ago, which was like a super emotional scene, probably the most emotional scene of the season for me. And, you know, she's talking about the fact that does she d does he think that she's useless? And and he's like, I just want to protect the girl that I love, essentially, is what he said. And he tried to keep everyone 
out of Shibuya because he knew what Mahito and Geto were capable of and he knew they didn't really have a chance and they like fought against that and still freaking showed up and proceeded to do nothing they need to work on it they need to work on their abilities or something because I was like bro like you keep getting pummeled by Tokyo school and then you try to actually show up to a real fight and you get even more pummeled which granted Geto is much more powerful than everyone that was competing in the the school face-off thing but anyway I laughed that was mean of me because they could have gotten hurt I just kind of wish like this might sound really bad I would literally trade any of them for Nobata and Nanami to come back I feel that <laughs> except for Toto that except would that Toto. would be I and maybe Miwa I like Miwa I think she's trying her best. But like all the others are <laughs> What? Brian. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't be saying funny things when I'm taking a drink, Hannah. <laughs> I just said she's trying her best. That was the funny part. You're like, I like her. She's trying her best. When she literally <laughs> made a binding vow to make her sword like amazing, and then it gets shattered literally it. moments later. <laughs> She's like, okay. if this doesn't work, I will never wield a sword again. <laughs> doesn't work. Well, like not even close. Been nice knowing you guys. <laughs> now okay, she just needs well, to build an axe or something. Okay. Jokes aside, I do like her. Everyone else? Why couldn't one of them die? <laughs> it's dead. Anyway. I think keyword is the instead. 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 I'm not just being like, yeah, they all should have died off. Like, no. Like, why did we have to lose two characters that I genuinely care about in favor of characters that I laugh at because they couldn't do anything? <laughs> Thanks, Gay Gay. I'm I'm so opinionated now. What the heck? <laughs> I love it. No, I like this. I like this version. I like that. I like that a lot. No, we talk about how this shows the dark trio, and we always, of course, find humor in it. But we do get a good moment of humor as Choso talks about how he is Yuji's older brother. Let's just take a moment to laugh at Panda, then being confused about he is also the sibling of Aoi Toto. I, too, was sitting here like, Nanny? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> the facial expressions of Yuji when Choso comes up and he's like, are you a friend or a foe? And he's like, I'm neither. Oni-chan. And he's like, eh? And he's like, call me Oni-chan. Start with that. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. he knows no context. He doesn't get any of the like internal dialogue that we got as viewers so yuji's just like you literally almost killed me like i would have been dead if it weren't for sakuna like what was it 20 minutes ago at this point in the story <laughs> and he's just like i mean he's thankful that choso is fighting against Geto at this point because he his power is really cool but i was yuji the whole time i was just like what and now that i'm a manga reader i know more so it's not as confusing now, but putting myself in shoes 
in my in my own shoes from three weeks ago or whenever this episode aired, I can say that the confusion was strong with this one. But it was also funny and really good. The fight scene was really good. Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, it's so funny. Like, like, Yuji, because the way that we feel is, like, exactly how Yuji's gotta feel right now. Because Toto's like, you're my brother now. He's like, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> and then Choso's like, you don't understand. You are my brother now. Like, I and am he's literally like, your big brother. <laughs> he's like, I just took a DNA test. Turns out... <laughs> I'm a hundred percent Yuji's brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was doing while he was like, ah, he like disappeared for a while. He just took a DNA test. <laughs> he did 23 and me right quick in the middle of Shibuya. He's like, it's a brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big brother. Um, <laughs> and like, what I really need, though, so bad is I need the interaction between Shoso and Toto now, being like, which one is the bigger brother? <laughs> that's like, that. that's what I want and that I probably will not get to have, but what I really, really, really want. <laughs> but I, I love, like, that even in these, like, darkest moments that somehow we can still have funny scenes like this. And even though in this case, we do know that, like, it is true um and we have to get to that a little bit later but like yuji's like well who's next who else wants to be my brother <laughs> but like it's kind of sweet though too because he like only had a couple friends before he started at jujitsu high and even they were like kind of weird they were like the seance club um and now he's got like all these people that like love him and they're like i don't really understand how this happened but i want to be your family chosen or found and I'm like, it's funny, but it is kind of cute also. Mm. It's nice to see people like on his side that also don't want him executed. His Choson family. Exactly. Took the words right out of my mouth. This truly was our <laughs> Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> oh my god. We're on something today. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we are. I love it. However, the fun doesn't last as the fight must continue. And we see Urame's curse technique in action. Now, as she enters the fight, it seems like somewhat of a deviation from what we know about this character so far, as she's only a subservient being from what we have seen so far, right? No. Like, to an extent. And we don't, we really don't know this character that well. Like, her first appearance that I recall was this season and, like, not that long ago, because it was when Sukuna was still there. So, like, certainly subservient to Sukuna. But I think in order to command the respect of something like Sakuna, like, Arame kind of has to be a bad bitch. And has to have, like, made her way in the evil jujitsu world and have made, like, a name for herself probably before even being considered by someone like Sakuna. And this clearly already happened a long time ago because, like, he knew who she was. He's, like, thousands of years old. So last time he saw her was in, like, a literal previous life and here they are together again, but Sakuna's, like, pretty indiscriminate about just, like, taking out whoever he's not interested in, so this is somebody that, um, even Sakuna feels is, like, better to have on his side. So, I, you know, just the fact that Sakuna would have an assistant, or, like, 
a confidant is kind of surprising to me in and of itself. To me, that also indicates that Arame is like very strong. And even if they're a little bit rusty and like out of practice, uh, the technique was kind of wild. The first time we've seen like a a major, like different elemental based technique, I believe. Like we've seen fire and like the use of fire, but now we're seeing the use of ice. And there were definitely like some fun nods. Another really famous show that deals with techniques that have like fire and ice at the same time is of course like my hero and there were definitely some fun animation nods in the way that like this ice appeared to the Todoroki character in my hero so that was like kind of cool but there definitely was something that felt like higher stakes and like more ancient and darker in this context um but I thought it was I don't know even though I know that I don't really like Urame because of the association association with Sukuna, I thought that the technique was really cool to watch and clearly very powerful. Yeah, it was interesting. I can't think off the top of my head of someone who has like an elemental based curse technique. Just Jogo. Just Jogo, yeah. And I, I consider him a little bit different because he's like he's not a curse. Human. Yeah, he's yeah. a curse. So I felt like that was a little bit different. Um, it did remind me, it, it made, it gave me like personally Black Clover vibes. Just all of a sudden I was like, oh, we're suddenly like doing magic here <laughs> and being able to just create things out of thin air essentially, which I up until now kind of thought that that was not something super common within Jujutsu Sorcery, but she seems really cool. She did appear in season one at like the very end, if I'm remembering correctly from when I just watched it. She did definitely appear, but it was very quick. And it was kind of like she was like trying to get all the curses and all of them together. So definitely interesting. I'm interested to see more about her as a character because she clearly, like Emily said, is important. If Sukuna himself, like, the moment she appeared a few episodes ago, and, you know, she was like, I, you know, it's me, Sukuna-sama, and he was like, oh, Udurame, like, good to see you. I was like, oh, I've, like, yet to see him talk like that to anyone. So there must be some kind of history there that I'm really interested to hear about because she seems really powerful. She can also do reverse technique to heal wounds that we saw as well. So... She's pretty incredible. Is she a thousand years old too? I don't know. Probably only like 500. I don't know. That's just a guess. Only 500. Only. <laughs> All right. Well, um, can't be before too long until she gets pretty close to destroying the entire JJK squad, if you will. But not before the lovely Yuki Sakumo enters the scene. Uh, talk about a well-timed entrance, would you? I, when I saw her first approach or pop up i was like wait who is that because i briefly forgot who she was (laughs) and then i was like wait wasn't she kind of like not the greatest person i remember the conversation she had with ghetto and i was like "Mm." but happy to see her also this episode flew by both times i watched this because as soon as she showed up and that was the end i was like what that was like 10 minutes wasn't it no it was 25 like usual so excited to see what she does. I can't say, you know, 
what I hope she does because I know what she does because we've already seen the season finale from here. But she she seems like a really interesting character. She's another one kind of like Uruame uh, that I feel like I want to learn more about. I want to know why she's special grade and what exactly her power is. So excited to see her in action possibly. But also a good cliffhanger. I was so happy to see her, and I thought that her entrance was also pretty funny. You know, she she's like another highly ranked sorceress. Uh, we, ha- we haven't seen her in a minute, but I I just liked that she approached the fight knowing, like, the things have gone as badly as they have so far everywhere, and that this is, like, another opponent enters. <laughs> and she's, like, having to kind of deal with this. That she she actually approached it kind of similar to Mei, Mei but she's the less creepy long-haired elder sorceress. <laughs> And she's like, like, she just like approached it like, so playfully, which also felt refreshing. She's like, she's like, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the body that you're in. And I have a question for him from a long time ago. And I still want to know the answer. (laughs) And I just thought that that was like a fun, kind of inspiring way to end the episode, because it gave like a sense of confidence from her that allows us at least at this point to assume that like she can handle whatever the pseudo ghetto has going on hopefully yeah i did think that her entering the scene was pretty cool i do want to make the comment her i don't remember what it's called exactly i don't even think it's cursed spirit i think it's like a cursed yeah i think it's like the cursed spirit that she has like floating around with her it kind of looks like rayquaza from pokemon and if you look it up you'll see exactly what i'm talking about because i think that's a nod to pokemon it's r-a-y Q-U-A-Z-A. Intense searching. Oh, yeah. It does look like that, huh? Legendary flying Pokemon. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty cool reference. Or I don't know if it's an actual reference or not, but I hope it is because the little child inside me for Pokemon talks about it. But that's all we have for today. So any last thoughts before we go to favorite moments? All right. Awesome. Well, I'll start with my favorite moment. My favorite moment was something that was already talked about. uh, And it was when Chosa was like, call me Onichan out of like nowhere. It was really funny and also really kind of cute. There's a side of Chosa that we haven't really seen. So I thought that was just really interesting to kind of start to show that even like these characters that we see as evil can sometimes be, you know, a little bit more heartwarming than we think. That is a good favorite moment. This is another episode that, like, like Mina said, like, totally flew by. And I think that it because, like, it was paced so well that it's almost hard to pick one moment because everything that happens is important. But mine is also a moment that we've talked about, but might be surprising because it actually, I think, is the absorption moment. And the reason that it's a favorite is not because of Mahito. I was not happy with how things went for Mahito, but reading this in the manga for the first time and now getting to see it animated, this is like really one of the first moments where the pseudo ghetto shows their hand a little bit and like has to actually enter the fight more so than like just observing. We Because every time that we've like had a confrontation with them, it's cut away and we didn't see what ended up happening like in the fight with Mei Mei. Even like in getting Gojo sealed, like that didn't actually require confrontation if that makes sense so this is like the first time that they've kind of 
taken any real action on the battlefield. And so for me, seeing that it was exciting because that was the moment that I began to like, let some of the thoughts run and like try to make my own like hypotheses about what this guy's act might be. So controversial favorite moment, but I do think that it was my favorite because I'm excited to see more of like why this person could be the secondary or maybe even the main villain in the show. I have to go with something very similar to Brian's because the whole situation with Choso and Yuji, I loved. I, I don't know why. It just made me so happy to be like, oh, I don't know what's going on, but Choso's the big bro now. I like this. But I don't remember exactly what our subtitles said, but it was like one of the students in Kyoto was like talking to Yuji after Choso told him, like, you're my little brother. And he was like, first Toto and now him like do you have some kind of weird disposition like where everyone just meets you and is like you're my little brother now <laughs> something like that <laughs> and it was funny because first of all it was just really funny because Yuji's also like I don't know like I don't know why everyone's calling me their brother now but like okay whatever and second of all it reminded me of like the way a lot of us are like oh that anime character is my son or that is my brother like <laughs> Because I'm like, honestly, same. Like, I'm just sitting here, like, claiming all of the kids, my children. <laughs> and the same way that all these characters are claiming Yuji as their brother. So I really, and it was a nice little, like, breather from all the intensity, too. All right. Well, now it's time for Shibuya Secret. So did you know, speaking of Emily's favorite moment, that the Uzumaki technique that Ghetto uses in this episode is actually a reference to another manga? It's a reference to the famous horror author Junji Ito and his namesake manga, Uzumaki. Definitely fits the theme here for this moment because the manga is about the town's obsession with a spiral and the continual spiral of the insanity in the manga. It's clearly a match for the animation as well as Mahito swirls into it. But that's all we have for this week. So with that being said, please go ahead, hit that subscribe button on YouTube and hit the bell icon for us. So that way you get notifications about when we upload new episodes. Or download the podcast if you're on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. Share this with a friend. Get them involved. We want to hear more people or have more people hear about us doing some random BS. Because let's be real. If you're listening to us, you think we're funny. That's okay. You can admit it. Or you tolerate us. <laughs> or we're like Which the we... only anime recap anime or anime recap podcast that they can find. And it's like, oh, that's all I have. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wouldn't no be the history a half hour without Shrek. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Shrek is Hashira. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ogre breathing, well, first form. Oh, no! My swamp. We're going to get a copyright from DreamWorks for this one. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> All right, well, give us that five-star rating on Spotify and follow us on TikTok at Hashira Half Hour as well on Instagram and then at Hashira Half on X or aka Twitter. Until next week, yo Yoaimo. Yo Yoaimo. Yo